I, I love AI. You know, I'm of the belief, and a lot of it, I would say, has to do with fear and just ignorance of how techno- technology actually works. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you still have people in the workforce. They didn't grow up with this technology, so to them, it's scary. It's something that they don't understand. They want to know, but they're afraid of if they you know, press the wrong button, you know, something is yeah. going to erupt like, so, but I don't think big tech is this big evil entity that we're making it out to be. You're just funny. It's, it's funny. You know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here though. Yeah, he's crazy, Dick. Who are well, you? We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. When you say it okay, it usually means it fucking sucks. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, it did not go as planned. But it what, was, what happened? What it happened? It was good. So St. Augustine, for people that don't know, we're recording, by the way. Uh, for people that don't know, St. Augustine is like uh, the Christmas town to go to in Florida. Uh-huh. And I, I've been a couple times. It was a long time ago, though. And it's gorgeous. I mean, the, every building is lit up. They call it the night of lights. And if you Google pictures, it's phenomenal. It's truly breathtaking. Mm-hmm. We went there the weekend of Christmas, and it was the worst decision we probably ever made. I mean, I knew it was going to be busy. Uh huh. I didn't know it was going to be like that because I, you know, I've never gone the week of Christmas. And mm-hmm. we, we got there, you know, like the 22nd or whatever. And it was mm-hmm. just going with the baby, going with the dog too. We brought our dog. It was just a nightmare. The sidewalks, um, I think might be the original sidewalks from like 1800. Mm-hmm. So they haven't done any renovation. Um, you know, it's, it's just a mess. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the lights were beautiful. For sure. But uh-huh. I would not recommend it the Christmas, you know, the week of Christmas. It was just, yeah, yeah it was a nightmare. So that was a little stressful. And then, you know, it's a three and a half hour drive. Uh, but, you know, I mean, overall, it was a good experience. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, that, we we learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, sure. you know, you, you learn a lot when, when you're raising your first child. So That too. And it was, you know, it was our first time traveling with her long distances. She did great. She did great in the hotel. We brought the bassinet. She slept just fine. Uh, so uh-huh. that was impressive. Um, you know, our dog, first time traveling with our dog too. So now that I think about it, it's kind of on us because it was our first time traveling with the newborn and our dog for mm-hmm. more than like, you know, a day. And we're in a hotel room in an unknown spot. So yeah, it, it was meant to shit. Shit was going to hit the fan either way. So I guess we handled it the best way we could. Yeah, but you know, it was good though. Yeah, how was your well, How was your Christmas? How was your holiday? Good. I stayed here in DC. Oh, you did know, you? I, yeah, it was freezing. It was like fifty something degrees, and I'm like thinking to myself, why did I torture myself with this cold weather when I could be sitting on the beach and it being eighty degrees, and I could be playing golf for every day for a week? That that's the dream, bro. <laughs> that that we live here in Florida every day. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, my family lives down there and it's like you can choose, what is it, like five or six different courses in a span of like three or four miles or something like that. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's outrageous. Um, 
but you know, it's nice to have kind of like um, a snowy Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, up there. Yeah. Um, no. Are you guys getting snow now, or is it just cold? It's, we haven't gotten snow. So DC, it's interesting. It's one of those areas where you know it's not like Boston or New York, where you know you're going to get a predictable amount of snowfall. I would say every single year. Mm-hmm. So. Some, some winters we get a lot of snow. Sometimes we don't just depending upon the season. Um, but the worst, the worst part about it is like, no one really knows how to drive in the snow here. So it's, if, if there, yeah, if there's like just even a little sheet of snow on the, on the, on the, um, on the sidewalk or on the street, everyone just stops and like, you know, business stops for the day compared to when I was in school in Boston where they would literally, I remember it vividly they would uh salt the roads the day before the snow even hit the ground so it's like oh it's no big deal yeah but it's like snow's snow's nice for a good like one to two days but then it gets old very quickly Mm. yes especially when um it's kind of that annoying snow right where it's not like it's not beautiful you know christmasy snow it's and Mm. then you know you end up having black ice and it's just this, it's what it is. I mean, it's not snow. Snow is misleading. The word snow is misleading because it's really ice. Mm-hmm. It's just ice falling slowly to the ground. And then when it gets to the ground, it's so cold and wet that it turns into ice. And then, you know, you slip and fall on your ass. And it's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. But. No, it's, it's uh, you know, but it's, it's interesting to kind of see the, you know, the four different seasons. Sure. Yeah. Again, something we don't have here in Florida, but, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's nice. Yeah. Um, so what's up, dude? So tell me what's going on. Tell me, uh, you know, obviously we've, we've wanted, we've connected already, but we've wanted to, you know, I wanted Uh to have you back on the show and kind of shoot the shit a little bit more, but yeah, tell me what's going on. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about it the other day. We've been trying to get, um, we've been trying to make this happen for about a year now, more or less. Has it been that long? Yeah, you probably yeah. Right. And you know, it's um, you know, just to kind of, uh, I think you know, I was thinking about it the other day too. So we met because I was trying to launch a podcast. This was way before the what I'm currently doing, and your organization matched with mine with like a potential sponsorship opportunity or something, and that's how we got connected. And I remember, and then the rest was history from there on out. Yeah, meet Cubox, you mean? Was yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, so are you not doing that that podcast anymore? So I'm now currently what I'm doing is um, I write a newsletter called the AI Healthcare Report, and I also um, host a podcast called the AI Healthcare Podcast. Mm. And what I actually it was it's a funny story how I got the newsletter started. It actually started off as a joke. I'm like, oh, no one's gonna read this newsletter. Like, no one's gonna like pay attention to anything that I have to say because nothing I really say is all that important. <laughs> but then it turns out, you know, 800 subscribe over 800 subscribers later, people are still hanging around paying attention. Um, and then that, that turned into a podcast because, you know, it's one of those, well, you know, what about adding a video feature to kind of your writing just in case people don't like to read, you know, <laughs> is what I've been told. Yeah, um, smart, so yeah. Smart. And then that turned into, a, um, you know, just me interacting with people kind of learning from them of kind of what are they seeing in the healthcare space? How has that evolved since their, you know, time in the healthcare space? 
how would they or their organization or whatever, how would they like to contribute to AI just becoming a more, um, more of a um, influence within the healthcare sector. And then since it kind of comes at it from a policy perspective, Mm. you know, what, what, what would they want policymakers or members of Congress or their elected officials to understand about the implications, you know, mainly positive implications of um, AI in the healthcare space? Fascinating. Yeah. So let's, let's roll with that. Cause I got about 30 minutes if that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm fascinated. I haven't really done a lot of podcasts on AI. Uh-huh. Uh, it, I, I use it every day. Um, and I just, to me, it's, I keep up with as much as I can from a content perspective. So yeah. I'd love to know a little bit more about the healthcare and, um, from a political spectrum, how that looks. Cause that to me is very fascinating because it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I was talking to my buddy the other day that's also in the content space. We're talking about AI and, and all that. And people are like, oh, AI this, eh, everyone's scared of it. We've been, AI has been a thing for quite some time. It's just getting really, really good now. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you're keeping up with it, it's not like AI would be dangerous in the hands of a content creator. No. Right? Like, so like on a, on a, on, on a macro level, Mm-hmm. AI is not terrifying because more people are going to get benefit out of it and it's going to it's going to build systems and it's going to help businesses more than it's going to hurt. Where it gets kind of squirrely is when you really break down like ChatGPT is a good example on a political side. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think they fixed, fixed this in, in 4.0, but I remember when it was like 2.0 or something like that, this is going back a year or two is if you ask it something about Joe Biden, it gives you a straight fucking cookie-cutter gorgeous answer. You ask it something about Trump, it yeah. shits on him completely. So then you kind of look at it like, wait a minute, hold on. So now I'm asking AI something, but it's being kind of biased. So who's running that AI? Because typically when we think of AI, if you if you know the space, it's... Uh, uh, a plethora of information that's gathered from all sources and it's centralized into this one source, i.e. chat GPT, right? That's how in on paper, that's how AI is supposed to work. And then it, it, it learns and evolves based off Q and a from the users. But some AI out there is not like that. Is it some AI out there is kind of being fabricated. I think Google was a good example where what was the, thing they just tried to launch and roll out have you heard about this where they fabricated oh. some of the data oh the gemini are you talking about the video yeah so yeah. that's interesting and then they come out and say no 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 no, no. we just we did that because that's how it's supposed to go we just <laughs> wanted to show you what it's supposed to be like and you're like wait a minute now hold on the largest largest supplier mm-hmm. of information kind of made a boo-boo yeah, and, and it's about something that's pretty important to this to this society at this point, and that's artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. it's scary, man. So what's your thought process and all that? I know I laid a lot out there, but I, I've ha- I've had a matcha, so I'm a little hyped. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I I love AI, and um, kind of what you were saying. Yeah, we've been using it. You know, I was born in the '90s, so I was kind of that last generation like a little bit pre-internet kind of going into the internet phase. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, for me, AI is like second nature, you know, prime example, you're on your iPhone and you're like, how do I get to the nearest, you know, grocery store or how do I get to like Amway arena from, you know, where I'm standing and, you know, the iPhone tells you make a left, make a right, make a left, go here. So I, you know, I'm of the belief and a lot of it, I would say has to do with fear and just ignorance of how technology, technology actually works. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you still have people, um, in the workforce and this is not to be not, not to knock on anyone per se, but it's like, you know, they didn't grow up with this technology. So to them, it's, it's scary. It's something that they don't understand. That's right. either. They, they don't want to know, um, how it works. They want to know, but they're afraid of if they, you know, press the wrong button, you know, something is yeah. going to erupt to like, um, learning yeah, something for, new, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't think big tech is this big evil entity that we're making it out to be to right. either. Yeah. I mean, that makes great headlines though, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you, when you say Elon Musk is out to destroy the world, it just sounds better on a headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you, you know, dive into it, it's, it's, it's not so bad. No. Um, yeah, I think it could be used for a lot of different things and, and very similar to how, when the TV came out, mm-hmm. right? Like everyone said, don't watch too much TV. It'll rot your brain. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, you know, now every single company in the world has advertising one point or another on television. So do we believe it? Or is every company not believing it because everybody is involved in it? And then that slowly went to streaming and then slowly went to your phone. And then, you know, everyone was, it was funny how everyone was talking shit about TikTok and terrified about TikTok and China and some one state, I think it was Minnesota, maybe that banned TikTok or something like that. It was one state out of the 50 and now you don't hear about it. TikTok's not a threat anymore. China is not a threat anymore. But for a while there, it was really good headlines. So it's just, it's it's one of those things where if you don't constantly keep up with it and you mm-hmm. just hear it once, it's, it's easy to kind of like your mind wanders and it runs mm-hmm. with it. But if you're keeping up with tech mm-hmm. as a whole, um, there's not a lot of scary things out there. Like it's no. all pretty good. Yeah. Including well, I rem- AI. I remember, what was it, like 10 to 15 years ago when Facebook started to become like mainstream like do you remember that arms race a little bit between myspace versus facebook like who could outdo the other one and it finally facebook just overcame my uh, myspace tremendously yeah. and everyone was making a profile like no one thought mm, i'm giving my data away like you know no one and yeah you know like what do you think facebook was gonna do with that like they were just gonna sit on their hands and do absolutely nothing with that data you know I think that there needs to be, you know, some sort of, and for some strange reason, this is like a foreign concept in the United States is Facebook is not a public entity. And what I mean by that is it's a private enterprise where they have rules and regulations and free speech is free speech is only protected you know, when it comes to something that you say about the government, like if Facebook sees something on their website that they don't want, I think they have the right to say, Hey, we don't want that on our website. Mm. 
you know, Facebook is not literally grabbing you by the throat and saying, you know, sign us, you have to make a profile or else. And that's what I think right. people don't really understand about these social media and other tech companies. Yeah, that's such a good point, too. And I think a lot of it goes back to it's our uh, as Americans, it's this like, you know, um, this like Ron Swanson type mm -hmm. of mentality we have of like steak, cigars, freedom, America, like, you know, I'm supposed to be able to have my guns and, you know, if I want to tell someone to fuck off, I could tell them to fuck off. And if I want to, you know, eat myself to death from McDonald's, I'm going to do it because this is America and this is the place we live. But don't you ever spy on me with my device. It's like, we got to be careful of this stuff because you're, you're given this privilege of the iPhone, Facebook, mm -hmm. all these social media apps. When you click download, you're mm -hmm. essentially agreeing just like you do agree when you walk into a mall. That mm -hmm. you're going to walk in the mall and you're going to be respectful and you're not going to spit on the ground. You're not going to take off your pants in public. You're like, there's rules that they're not mm -hmm. on the front of the mall. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, don't flash anybody when you come in here. Like, these are unspoken mm -hmm. rules. Very similar to when you download these apps to where you're agreeing to these terms and conditions, which they do lay out, but no one reads that. But then when something goes down that's laid out in the agreement mm -hmm. and you don't like it, they're like, well, it's in the, uh, the terms and conditions. You, you checked off on that. Well, I'm yeah. not going to read that. Okay, then you don't care enough to mm -hmm. go through it. I read through that stuff and I click on okay because I would rather use these platforms, mm -hmm. give away my data, and let these platforms profit from my data Mm -hmm. So that way I can connect with people all around the world via these mm -hmm. social media platforms. That is the price I pay. It's a free service. It's a free app. Same thing with Google. Same mm -hmm. thing with YouTube. I just love how the same people that are so excited about getting all this free information on YouTube are also the same people that are very upset that their data is being sold. How do you think you're able to use these platforms for free? Yeah. Either that or... Maybe there's going to be an app one day that comes out like a YouTube, and maybe it's a monthly service, but they're mm -hmm. not going to sell your data. Would people use that? The answer is no. <laughs> so you can't have them both. You can't <laughs> get free shit and also mm -hmm. like keep your data and keep all like you got to make a sacrifice or just go completely off the grid. But if you go mm -hmm. off the grid, guess what? You can't open a business because you need to have social media if you want to run a business now. And you're going to have to post on these these platforms that you so hate. So it's just it's one of those give and take things where the the American dream and what we think is freedom. You kind of. That was 1776, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to you got to forget about that shit. Like we're I've said this many times before where we're the best like we have the most. I would say privilege than any other country in the world. We have a lot of pros. There is some cons. There's a lot of cons. But there's a lot of other countries that are are hurting right now. <laughs> we, we can get into the, uh, the political war side of things, but we got it really good here. And the fact that we like to complain about tech companies is hilarious. It's so Silicon Valley. It's yeah. like, dude, things are good here. 
relax, you know? Yeah. And you know, and it's their businesses. And, you know, I think, you know, if they're meeting a need of, uh, of what people are uh, wanting, then they should have the, the right to do that. For sure. You know, and I hate, you know, and I hate some people who are like, oh, pro-capitalism, pro-capitalism. And then they, they bitch and complain about these tech companies that are trying to make a profit. Yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. You know? And not only are they trying to make a profit, but we as the consumer are actually benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're able to, to use these tech companies and these platforms, you know, to probably make your life a little bit better maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more exciting. Um, you know, just like on a personal stand, I mean, you know, with my business and my podcast and all that, I mean, look how we connected. We did all that through social media. We've never met in person. Um, and I'm sure you could say that with a lot of people as can I. So it's like that to me is kind of worth it because what else am I going to do? I'm going to sit at home and go knock around my neighborhood and, you know, check in with my neighbors every day. No, it's cool. It's convenient to be able to go on social media platforms and to experience like TikTok and Instagram and to see all these different creators and these like regular Joe Schmoes like you and I making funny videos, keeping me entertained. You know, it's like having your own little Saturday Night Live on your phone that changes constantly. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. So it's like that's kind of the trade off is, yeah, they're going to take my dad a little bit. Mm -hmm. And occasionally when I talk to Dylan about you know, the new iPhone. And then when I get off the phone with this podcast, I get an ad for the new iPhone that shows up, you know? All right. Mm -hmm. So they took my data and they figured that out and they're hearing our conversation, but I get served an ad every now and again. All right. Well, who cares? Yeah. It's all good. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. There's, there's no way to fight it. I think at this point we're, um, we're kind of a little bit too late in terms of, like the laws haven't caught up to tech yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to right. kind of give you a basic understanding of the policy standpoint, it could take Tony a good 10 to 15 years for a bill to pass. And that's assuming I, I'd like to say three things. The member keeps getting, getting reelected. Number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. the member doesn't get arrested for something <laughs> or the member doesn't die in office. <laughs> 10 to 15 years, assuming everything goes right. And you know, being in the, in, you know, in the tech space, tech changes, you know, what, what was new tech today is old tech tomorrow. So, you know, I would even go as far as arguing that, you know, our elected officials have already lost the battle when it comes to um, AI tech policy. And one of the things that I argue about, um, you know, and it's becoming much more of a prevalent thing now is should this be a state's issue? Should this be a federal issue? You know, like, how do we, you know, who should take the lead on it? And as you've seen, states have introduced more laws about about the matter. Um, so I think it should be more of a state's issue because those respective people are um, directly being impacted more by state laws than they are by federal laws. Mm, that's, that's, how I, that's how I look at it. But I know that they're going to have some listeners who probably disagree with that assessment. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, but it's also kind of one of those funky things where we're just not good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you look at like marijuana as a good example, um, where, you know, how long did that take to get legal? And then even now still, it's not legal in every single state mm-hmm. on a local level. 
But then also too, like, do you want to, do you want to be like fucking Portland <clears throat> and legalize everything? And then now it's like, you know, World War Three over there. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just kind of one of those things where I don't know if there's a right or wrong quite yet. It's it it almost seems like in office anyway, <clears throat> from a local and federal level. I feel like there so 1776 mm-hmm. to like 2000, everything's mm-hmm. been the same, <laughs> and then like. In the year 2000, social media hits, right, quote-unquote the internet, and now, like, all these old fucks have no idea what to do, and now it's to the point to where these these large tech corporations are essentially powering America, so mm-hmm. now the federal government, even locals, look at it and say, you know, I mean, what are we going to do? Like, what can we do? I guess the only thing we can do is just try to get in with these companies and bribe them a little bit. To where we can be on their side instead of regulating laws to fight them they're they're thinking it's you know the right thing to do to get on their side and then 20 years later now they're like all right zuckerberg now we need to we need to sit down in front of congress mm-hmm. it's like dude he's been running the, it's been 20 years what are you doing like you should have done this 20 years ago so it's just it's laughable almost what they're trying to do and I think to your point, maybe localizing it is better. But then also you get to kind of the nitty gritty of like other laws that uh, that are happening all over the country where if that's the case, then how do you regulate something like social media on a local level? Right. Or AI on a local level. Like, what are you going to do? Like, if you don't if you don't like AI in Florida, you're going to cross the border and go to Georgia and use it. You know, it's like one of those weird, mm-hmm. almost uh, invisible things that, it, you know, it's not like abortion. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit easier to mm-hmm. to manage on a local level, right? Like, you can't really... Social media as a whole, it's, it's tough to, to localize. Mm-hmm. You know? Or AI, rather. But, I mean, like, you know, the question that I really have to myself is, will, will AI... You know, will, will it ever reach that level of kind of being a hot potato issue like you see with other social issues? Right. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean it. We <laughs> only <laughs> it, when it it'll only affect us when when it'll affect us. Like when when that happens, it's too late anyway. So it's you know it, it's almost like uh, I didn't read the article, but I saw something pop up the other day about Tesla, uh, that robot that stabbed somebody. Did you hear about that? I, I did not. What what was the background on it? So it was apparently because, you know, Elon's testing these robots. You've seen these Tesla bots? I've, I've seen pictures of them, yeah. They're, it's incredible. So now he's, he's testing them in the Cybertruck factory to get production ramped up. And then eventually his goal is like in, you know, three to five years, it's for residential and commercial use to where these, <laughs> these guys will replace, you know, companies like Amazon and, um, you know, uh, trivial things that, you know humans don't need to do anymore um and then eventually it'll be like you know tesla bot go grab me groceries and it will literally leave the house and come back with your groceries like that's his vision so anyway he's like i'm gonna do a soft launch of this in the tesla factory and apparently again i didn't read the article so this might be bullshit but someone could google it right now and apparently a tesla bot grabbed a knife and stabbed a worker (laughs) 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, again, I don't know how true that is, um, but I find that super fascinating because, again, there's no regulation on it, right? Like, there's no laws like in the Will Smith movie, I, Robot. There's no three laws. So, it's, you know, you don't know if this is going to be an issue until it's an issue. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that that to me is like AI to where it's only it's only gonna be an issue when it's a, when it's an issue, right? By, by that point, it's too late. Like you can't regulate things that haven't happened yet, which is the the issue with with AI versus other social issues that we've mentioned here today. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so hold on. So I needed to look this up. A Tesla engineer was reportedly a victim of a bloody attack by a robot at a factory near Austin. Recent reports revealed um, that a that a recent reports revealed that an injury report. Okay, they don't know how to type. Report <laughs> twice. <laughs> reports that uh, <laughs> claims that a robot designed to move aluminum car parts from one side to the other against a deadly service uh, and dug its <laughs> and. <laughs> Is this true? It's from Fox News, so take that with a grain of salt. But (laughs) it dug its metal claws into the back and the arm of a Tesla engineer, according to witnesses who spoke (laughs) to the information. So, good God, that sounds horrendous. Amazing. Yeah. Apparently this happened. I don't know. So, that was witnesses. But also, too, it could have been someone that, like, Maybe, you know, rubbed Elon the wrong way on X and then they're like, "Ooh, I'm going to come out with this report. So, but the fact that the fact that Fox News reported on it, usually they're pro Elon. So I don't know. That's interesting. So, I mean, what do you think about like as a whole AI? Like, where do you see it going? You know, because it's dude just in the past year. I mean, it's fucking fascinating. Like, where do you see this thing going? Well, that's a good question. So I can speak best to the to the healthcare space. So kind of what um, we're starting to see now, um, generative AI has become like the big buzzword now, um, basically using AI to generate pictures and texts and mm-hmm. all of, you know, all of that. So it's currently, um, I remember a while back reading something that it's being tested in Nashville with HCA Healthcare and then um, in New Jersey um, the Hackensack Medical Center. So I think AI, where I, one of the areas where I, th- I think it's going to go is towards the hospital systems to maximize their efficiency. Because mm. being a hospital is, the, I don't, I don't know your experiences, but it's not the most efficient <laughs> from what I've experienced. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, quite, quite literally the worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. for for a uh, for a country that has uh, very expensive healthcare. Mm-hmm. You you would think that it's, you know, it ain't Canada, which mm-hmm. is, you know, where you're like, you need a new arm and you got to wait like, you know, six years, but it's pretty bad here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, you know, it's not based off priorities typically, uh, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating. Uh, I've, I've dealt with some big issues a lot in hospitals and uh, I've been like, you know, throwing up my own bile and you know, parts of my lung, literally. And I'm still in the ER lobby waiting. So, 
Yeah, that that, de- that definitely. Um, I think that could really help speed up the process. But then I also look at like you know sometimes, like I use generative fill like for Photoshop and for photos and videos like you're mentioning. But there's also some hiccups in that. So it makes you makes you wonder. Okay, so if we test this out on you know let's say a mass test throughout hospitals and we're doing something to automate the system to make things better for check-in or things like that. Like how long until it's like, there's no mistakes, right? That's why I always think about is cause there's mistakes now with photo. They're very minimal and you know, it's, it's fixable and it's only a couple of years old. So like maybe in 10 years, this photo generative fill is going to be beautiful. But if we start using this in real life scenarios, like in healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, those first rollouts of the test is healthcare something we want to risk? You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do we want to risk it? I don't know. You know, is it worth even dipping into that space? That to me is the most fascinating. Is you know the the trial and error portion of like Photoshop trying to figure out the best way to generative mm-hmm. fill photos, there's no risk, all reward. Mm-hmm. But when well, you start using AI in real life scenarios, that's when it gets kind of squirrely. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the things that I think tends to get lost a lot when it comes to implementing AI in healthcare is the technology is only as good as the people that are using the technology on a day-to-day basis. Meaning are they trained in the technology? Do they understand how it works? Like mm. what is their educational backgrounds? Like how, how good was the training program either when I say training, meaning, you know, in the hospital system or in their educational life, you know, so you can throw all these technological innovations at healthcare systems and in the field of healthcare. But if you don't have the right people driving them, then, you know, yeah, it's just a mute point at that. Yeah. And that is uh, worrisome to me because this is where we talk about AI where it's it's a little funky um only because i kind of look at it like this i say okay so this is ai this is a new thing we need to learn right from a healthcare standpoint i'll let you speak more to this but this is where i get a little bit i don't trust ai because i don't trust our ability as a country or as a species to learn adapt evolve we talked about in the beginning of the show here where it's these older generation of people that don't want to adapt and learn. So the people that run healthcare facilities, let's say hospitals, these are privately owned companies in America, right? So who's running the show here? Is it a Gen Z female? Most likely it's an old, disgusting, perverted white male, typically. So... Is he going to adapt? Is he going to put in any type of regulations? Let's move it a step further. Let's talk about universities. What are we teaching kids in universities now about AI? Nothing. You know? And by nothing, I mean there's things you could learn, but is it a requirement? It should be. It should be, I think, in schools. I think we should be teaching kids, you know, where China lacks in a lot of stuff. The one thing they thrive in is they got middle schoolers learning coding right now. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. You know, so what are we doing in our educational system? Like, 
from when we're in middle school moving up into universities. That's what kind of is scary to me because I look at the healthcare system and I've battled with issues in, in my past, specifically Crohn's disease, and not one single doctor or specialist that I've talked to, highly, highly decorated, you know, GI specialists, some of the best in the country I've talked to, and not one time did they ever recommend a better nutritional diet for me. It's always been medication. So, and I don't, I'm not on medication anymore. I was, and I was still having issues. Now I just, I eat well and I take care of my body and I do protocols to prevent. And I haven't had any issues by doing that. Not one doctor told me to do that. Every doctor has told me to get on this medication, this test, do this, do this bullshit. So I'm like, these motherfuckers are 60 years old. So whether it was seven to 10 years of like healthcare, whether their doctrine, wherever they went to university, I don't know where it was, but wherever they went wasn't teaching them nutrition. In fact, I think the number is staggering to where it's like, um, it's only seven days. A doctor's only taught uh, nutrition seven days out of their doctrine or something like that. Um, it's a very small percentage, if any, which is amazing because we know now in 2024, we know that a lot of diseases probably over 90% of the diseases in America are caused by our eating habits and the, the food and the water that we consume. And doctors are supposed to heal us, but they know nothing about nutrition. It's not required. And I look at that like, so is AI going to be required to graduate? Because it should be, just like nutrition should be. You know, like you should learn how to do these things. Because when it, the problem is when these private companies have these doctors and they say, okay, I have the best doctor here. I have the best doctor there. Okay. When's the last time they got their degree? 1989. What? You know how many, sh how much shit has changed in fucking 30 years? <laughs> you know? And what's even more hilarious I find is that like, if you have an issue with your driver's license, like you get a DUI, you have to retake a test. But if you <laughs> if you've been a doctor for forty years, you only got to get a degree once. There's no revamp. Like if you're a personal trainer, I was a personal trainer. My my certification expired because every four years you have to get it renewed because we're learning new information. But doctors don't have to do that. I don't know. Like as someone in the healthcare space, does that? I mean, does that burn your britches a little bit? Like what? I mean, what's your thought process on that? Because that, to me, has always been fascinating. Yeah. Well, you did bring up, um, I'll preface by saying I'm, I just started a book um, called Scope Forward, The Future of Gastroenterology is Now um, by Praveen Santhran. And it talks about how gastroenterology is one of these medical fields that has been lagging behind a lot when it comes to AI and other technological advances. Like typically, um, you know, he talks about in the book that the usual treatments are like colonoscopies is kind of like the big thing and about how, you know, I don't need to go into the details of what a colonoscopy is, but, um, you know, basically what he's arguing is the practices really haven't changed since like at least the seventies. That's right. And, yeah. you know, you have all of these, you know, companies now that can 
that are trying to be like, oh, well, if we test multiple cells to see like if there's if one of them is at least cancerous or rather than spending all this time, you know, doing it one by one, why don't we get why don't we get populations of people and see like, are there common patterns? Like, are there things we need to look out for or, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's a fascinating book and I'll be more than happy to send you the link after, after we hop off, if you would like. Yeah, I was going to say text has to me. That, that's interesting. I mean, I've read the book uh, How Not to Die, which is very good as well. Um, it's by Dr. Uh, Michael Greger, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and that's a very good book. It's uh, It talks a lot about kind of like the, because he's actually a doctor in nutrition and uh, physiology and then just a, 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 it's a very fascinating book because it talks more about the what food can do to us like on a microscopic level mm-hmm. and specifically the gut, which the second brain it's been called because that's exactly what it does is it, it communicates everything we need <laughs> to the brain, letting you know, you know, cause like it's, it's more amazing that when you read things like this and you, you do all the research like I have done over the years and you realize that, like everything you do from like getting up in the morning and getting sun in your face mm-hmm. could have a huge effect on your entire day. But back in the day we were told, don't look the sun directly or, you know, back in the day we were told, don't look at the sun directly mm-hmm. right? because it'll burn your eyes or whatever, you know, fable we were told. But it, it makes you curious, like, why were we told that? Like who, who started that? Because it's it's been shown that looking directly into the sun actually is very good for you. Studies show not you know at noon, but like when <laughs> everyone don't go out there and just stare at the fucking sun. But like you know the U, the UV rays we get, <laughs> the UV rays we get, and then you know you look at like well how do we get like cancer and all that? Well, we were told it's because of the sun, which. Kind of is it. I'm no healthcare professional. I'll let people do their own research. But then you look at like everything, all the lotions that we put on and all the stuff from Johnson & Johnson, and those actually have carcinogenic and some cancerous properties. So mm-hmm. it's like you're putting on sunblock, a.k.a. could be cancer lotion, and then you go and get sun, and now you have cancer. Is it because of the sun? Hmm. Interesting. So it's like, I think it'd be cool to see AI in the space of, I forget what app it is, but there's a really cool app that I think if it was AI would be cool, where you can like, I don't know, put on a lotion or take a picture of a food or do something to your skin, take a picture of your skin, do something where AI can detect what your body actually needs versus we're just guessing. We're all guessing. This is all guessing. Everything we're doing. Like, you clean your ears with Q-tips. On the back of the Q-tip container, it says, do not put in your ears. Fact. Look it up. So, who the fuck told us to put Q-tips in our ears? Someone did, because everyone does it. So, it's like, is there a random group of people that are just telling us all these weird things that are slowly killing us, just so they could profit? I'm no conspiracy theorist, but it... It's making a lot of sense. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of, do you remember, um, I think it was at least two or three years ago when the eating Tide Pods became a thing. 
<laughs> then you had to put like, don't eat the fucking Tide Pods, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly right. That's a hundred percent true. And I think that was all because of a TikTok or something too, wasn't it? I don't know what the or what the backstory was, but you know, you started hearing stories about people eating Tide Pods, which I'm like, okay. <laughs> You know, I didn't know laundry detergent was edible, but right. <laughs> some, some people, I guess, think it is. <laughs> I mean, it's no different than when I was a kid and I bought a Superman costume. You know, mm. it it comes with a cape, <laughs> and the package said, "This will not make you fly." <laughs> so, I mean, I I guess we uh, we need those warnings. Yeah, I don't know whether to laugh at what you're saying, Tony, or just cry. It's okay, a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah, dude. Uh, the the AI space is very fascinating to me. Um, I'm cool. I'm I'm very happy that you're you're getting involved in it because uh, I think it's something that we all need to learn a little bit from. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can remind people where they could find your newsletter too. I mean, I'll leave everything in the description below. But so mm-hmm. walk us through a little bit about uh, your newsletter and. Uh, once more, what that entails and, and what are your goals for it and all that? Yeah. So with the AI Healthcare Report, uh, my goal at the moment is to just kind of educate people of kind of what's going on in Washington from a, a healthcare AI perspective. Just kind of, you know, I want people to read through it and be like, I understood um, one thing that was in that newsletter that was helpful or that I think might be helpful to me down, you know, long term or I'm interested in. Um and then I also have a podcast called the AI Healthcare Podcast where you can find it on YouTube and you can also find it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And the newsletter is uh, is on LinkedIn. Nice. Very good. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, listen, I mean, we're already at over 30 minutes. Time time flies, yeah. bro. But yeah, man, I'll leave your Instagram handles and all that jazz uh, below. But where could people find you on the social media? Yeah, so... Um, on social media, I'm most active on LinkedIn, actually. I do have a Instagram, but um, I don't really um, – more for, like, personal stuff, not necessarily professional stuff. So, sure. Right on. Um, but, yeah, no, I will um, – uh, LinkedIn's the best. But um, let me look, actually. It's been a while since I've been on my Instagram. Uh, it's My Instagram is dr62395. All right, cool. I'll, I'll leave that below. You got to drop on the IG, man. You got to – that's where all the magic happens. Yeah, I know, but Come I'm on, too. Man. I feel I feel like I'm too ugly to be on camera, though. So. Uh, just promote your, uh, promote your shit that way. <laughs> All right, well, Dylan, it's always a pleasure, man. And uh, you know, keep fighting the good fight and keep uh-huh. educating people on AI. We appreciate you. Later All on. Right, bye.